All right, guys, what is going on? One of those uh, 50-minute podcasts that uh, I just deleted and started over again. And, you know, what I want to talk about today is basically our freedom of choice and our freedom of thought. And so this is going to be termed uh, how to not be a slave. And I think it's super fitting for us coming up on Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday and being inundated with these pressures and, you know, fears and values. And that's going to be our discussion for today. Now, I'm reading a book called Nonviolent Communication, and, you know, I had read through or kind of glanced through early on and, you know, gotten basically the gist of it. But, you know, last night I started researching and looking into as I'm as I've got a new collection of a lot of books, I started to research into how to read better. And so it's kind of an interesting thing. And, you know, I think for a while I was looking at speed reading stuff, but now I'm looking a little bit more at like, how can I actually uh, tangibly take action on every book and how can I start to really consume the information to improve it, uh, improve my life and improve the lives of the people around me. And so ironically, then this morning I woke up and Ryan holiday who wrote ego is the enemy and obstacle is the way. Yeah. He has a great YouTube channel. And so I subscribed to him. And so, uh, he, he woke up and, uh, when I woke up first thing this morning, his new video, uh, was discussing how he reads, which I thought was just like, it was very fortuitous. And it's uh, it's an interesting way. And it's it also is very similar to the way that Chris Sansbury reads, which is highlighting, leaving post-it notes and taking notes, I think, after the fact. So I started doing that uh, in my reading today, read for about an hour, hour and a half and uh, started to really kind of dive into uh, some of these topics. But I had my brain going and I wanted to come in even on Thanksgiving here. And first of all, tell you guys that, um, you know, I was and this will go into our communication thing uh, lesson in the future. But uh, I want to tell you guys that I was super fearful that this podcast wouldn't continue to bring uh, value to people's lives and would be something that, um I don't know, would increase maybe judgment on me or my life. And I'm obviously, uh, you know, just like anybody, I have a fear of people's, you know, judgment of what I do. And, um, you know, I'm getting better at losing that fear. Um, but you know, a podcast and creating blog posts and creating a business and trying to do these things like you're constantly in this, like, are people going to like it? And I hope they do. And I don't want to spend my time doing a bunch of stuff if people aren't going to like it or people aren't going to listen. So I'm very thankful, uh, that you guys listen and I want you to know how much I value the fact that you do spend your time to listen to this. I don't take that lightly. And I try to make sure as I just deleted, you know, an hour of my time on Thanksgiving, uh, I, I just want to make sure that I am constantly giving you guys good value with this podcast. And I do want you to know how much, you know, it means to me that you guys listen, you give me feedback and you guys send me emails and, you know, when you're popping by, you take the time to say, uh, you know, Hey Jeff, love this week's podcast. And you know, that stuff means the world to me because it really, uh, you know, it plays back on, on my fear that, okay, like, cool. At least, at least maybe a couple people liked it. So just wanted to tell you guys how thankful I am for that. And, um, you know, express a little gratitude today on Thanksgiving to you, the listeners for that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And, uh, you know, the discussion of, you know, how to not be a slave is in nonviolent communication. They talk about basically the language that we use every day and the uh, loss of responsibility of our actions through the words that we use, through the communication that we use, taking responsibility off of ourselves and putting it into other people's hands or or just flat removing it from ourselves is what makes us 
sheep is what makes us slaves. It makes us slaves to other people's thought processes. And so the example that they use is Nazi Germany. And, you know, there was actually a term that the Jews came up with to discuss how these German soldiers could justify what they were doing to people. And if you can put yourself in that place historically, I'm sure that you have to imagine that most of the Jews in the concentration camps were just constantly like looking at these German soldiers, like, how can you do this? How could you be a willing participant in this? And there was a brainwashing of the German people through propaganda that basically made them truly believe that it wasn't their choice. They said, I have to do it. It's the superior's orders. It's the law. And that thought process is what allowed them it gave them, it, it took the responsibility off of the actual individual soldier and it put the responsibility outside of their control, right? And so they were brainwashed into believing their fears were not actually their own fears. They were told that the Jewish people were taking jobs from them and stealing money and were taking over their country. And they were the cause of all of this poverty and unhappiness and all of these things. And if you get rid of the Jews, then you'll have prosperity and you'll have happiness. And they were told this fear. They were given this fear all day, every day, constantly bombarded with the propaganda for it. And so it started to become, it's, it's a fabricated fear, right? It's something that was just created by a group of horribly sadistic people and then pushed as a narrative over and over and over again until it started to become non-free thinking people's fears as well. And it played on their fears, right? It played on their fears of, you know, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to feed my family and I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to, uh, you know, have a house to live in or have, you know, a community to be a part of. I'm, I'm afraid of these things. And so then when somebody comes in and they play on those fears and they're like, you know what, you won't have food to eat. You won't have a house to live in. If you keep letting these Jewish people live in your communities, you can see how that playing on people's fears forces them into start to believe in that fear. Like, Oh my gosh, like that's, we've got to do something about this. Like, of course we have to. And that lack of, you know, responsibility and choice to say, is this actually something that I'm afraid of? Is this something that I fear enough to do? And do, where is my value at with this? Like if a soldier were to have just questioned, right. A German SS soldier just said like, why are we killing these people? Like, what, what are we actually afraid of that? This, you know, mother of two who we just ripped out of her home. What are we actually afraid of from her? She just seemed to be living with her family, taking care of her kids. Just like we all do. I don't place any value on taking her life. None of nothing. My life's not going to be any better. Had a German had German soldiers just thought that in mass, we would have never had the Holocaust. But you can see the power of communication and responsibility that we take on this. And so I'm going to play as we go into Black Friday that in where my mind went and the note that I took is I think this is how advertisers and Christmas and Black Friday, I think these are how they play on parents' fears. 
And so this is the analogy that I wrote down in my note today as I was reading that chapter uh, about Nazi Germany was I think that advertisers are playing on parents' fears that they're not going to be good parents, that their kids are going to be unhappy and unsatisfied. They're going to grow up and be unsuccessful. And parents are desperately afraid that that's what's going to happen to their kids. And they're afraid that they're going to be viewed and looked at as a bad parent. And what we know about parenting is that kids being happy and having a good childhood is about the love and time that the parents give to the kids. And I think what's happened is a lot of advertisers and marketers from companies have done a great job advertising because it's their job. I've done a great job advertising that, you know, Hey, if you're not spending a lot of time, if you're not, you know, educating your kid, you're not there all the time. And, you know, you're maybe afraid that, you know, you're not the best parent and you're maybe afraid that you haven't given them as much love and time as you should have. Well, if you get them these new sneakers for basketball, that's going to give them this happiness. And then you're going to feel like a good parent. And if you think about that for a second, what we know then is twofold. One, you can't beat the fundamentals, right? You're not going to be able to out purchase a, you know, a good parenting, right? That should be obvious. And it's going to also be fleeting and you're also going to set your kid back a little bit because you're going to addict them to, you know, the, the dopamine response or the feeling that you're, you're pushing the same narrative, right? Like you're going to associate getting a material object with being happy, which is temporary. And then when that person grows up as an adult, they're going to need to buy material objects to feel happy which is temporary, right? That's what we're showing to our kids there. And better would maybe be to think for ourselves and say, what I fear is my kid is going to grow up and be uneducated and not have great relationships and be unhappy. That's what I fear, right? I fear also that I'm going to not be a you know good parent, what I value is being a good parent, is being there and telling my kids I love them, having conversations with them, teaching them things of value and importance. What I do value is educating them on things that I've struggled with over the years. And if you start to think about things that way, I don't think you'll ever get to the conclusion that advertisers and honestly most Americans do, the actions that they take. I truly believe that they have become brainwashed. A lot of us, we all have become brainwashed by this idea that material objects are going to bring some sort of happiness and it's all fleeting. It's all short term. It's all temporary. And I think that it's a byproduct of, you know, this, this parenting feeling of, I don't feel like I'm there. Right. And the only way to fix that feeling isn't going to be through material objects. It's only going to be through spending the time doing the fundamentals. And this is true just like in the fundamentals of parenting as it is in the fundamentals of exercise and nutrition. 
It's the same thing, right? I fear not being viewed as attractive by my significant other. I value the intimacy in our relationship. And as a byproduct of that, I feel like I need to exercise and I need to eat healthy and I need to do these things so that I can keep that intimacy in my relationship because I know that intimacy in a relationship is a fundamental piece of staying in love. It's something you have to work at. And a part of working at that is a part of me taking care of myself and loving myself enough to take care of my own mind and my own body so that I'm in a better mental place and a better physical place more consistently for that person. And if you understand your fears and values, you'll make the right decisions. And this is what a lot of parents don't do. This is what a lot of, you know, none of the, you know, Nazi SS soldiers or, um, you know, actually there are a lot of documented stories of actual Nazi soldiers, um, you know, in the army and in the military, um, just giving up basically, you know, undermining, even being spies and because they did not believe in the cause. And so I think that the, there are examples of this, these um, counterculture, these free thinkers who have thought about what's going on and made a decision to not have to be in that. And when we think about the nutrition end of things, or we think about the life and the, the life management stress, we need to think really deeply about what we value. And when we think about what we value and what we think about what we fear, I like to think a little bit more long-term. And if you start to think about that, if you start to pay attention to what you actually fear in the long-term, you know, I des I like absolutely fear. You guys know this. I think, uh, you know, dementia, Alzheimer's, they're terrifying to me. What I really value is having a sharp mental acuity and being, you know, consistent with my mentality with it and free thinking that guides my choices and decisions, right? If I know that sugar is a leading cause of Alzheimer's and a leading cause of many other things too that are bad, I'm going to avoid sugar as much as possible, right? Because that's my fear. And the thing I value is counteracted by this substance. And so I need to, you know, avoid it. That needs to be a part of my decision-making process. Just the same as, you know, one of my fears would be if I, you know, if we have kids or if we have grandkids, like I want to be able to throw the football. I want to be able to play basketball. I've only said I want to be able to dunk by 50. I was still able to dunk last week uh, in our basketball game. So that's exciting to me. Um, but, you know, it, that's something that I, I would love to be able to do, right? That's something that I would put a lot of value on is, is having that feeling like I'm young, even though I'm getting older you know, not feeling at all, like not feeling old. And that's something that I would place a ton of value on. And the other way you can look at that is that, uh, you know, I fear being, you know, crippled and being, you know, inactive and having, um, you know, no ability, losing my capability. And that's going to guide the decisions I make. But one of the things we see is we let a lot of the things that we put our attention to, right? So now for a lot of people, it's social media. Before it was TV, movies, magazines. We let these things, we give our attention to these things that have an agenda. And what they're doing a lot of times is they're playing on your fears. And so a lot of times what we see is the choices and decisions we make are based off of fears that are implanted in us. 
right? You don't need to be Instagram model hot to be found sexy by your husband. Cause a lot of times being sexy is, is an attitude. It's an approach. It's the things that your husband might value out of you. The things that they might love the most are things that that Instagram model or that TV actress or that Victoria's secret model might never have. And if you have this fear that's in place by you because you're constantly inundated with, you know, well, oh my gosh, my, you know, my husband is following these Instagram models online and he's liking the pictures of their bikinis and he's posting emojis of, you know, peach butts with eyeballs. And like, I caught him doing this and it's just like, it's so bad. And so I, I think now that like, I need to look like an Instagram model to, to get his attention and his love. And you know, that's, it's like, this is playing on all of my fears. And I'm like, I'm so afraid because I'm never going to look like that. And what do I do? So I start getting plastic surgery and I start looking for, and I start making all these choices, playing off this fear instead of just going to my husband and seeing if our fears and our values align, seeing if we're on the same page, what can I do? Why are we lacking intimacy in our relationship? And if your fears and values they, and they don't align and these things are happening and you're not communicating about it, and we're letting the fears that are placed in front of us via social media or, you know, movies or TVs, if we're letting those things get in front of us and affect our decision making, then we're a slave and we're not a free thinker. And that to me is one of my huge fears. Like, man, being, being brainwashed to the herd mentality, that is ultra scary. I think it should fear. I think it should be everybody's fear. I think it should be something that we all pay attention to. And it's the same thing with material objects, right? It, we're told all day long that these rich movie stars, they have these big houses and these fancy cars and, you know, these hot wives and all these things. And, and we put this emphasis on these things. And yet so many of those actors commit suicide, have drug addictions. They aren't happy. We know for a fact that having all of those material objects and a lot of it, it literally makes zero dent into your happiness and your fulfillment. It doesn't do anything. So having any wants, needs, or desires around those things are a literal waste of time. And if you instead look at things a little bit differently, I'm going to play it a different way. One of the things that I fear on the long term would be dying and having all of these unnecessary material objects, just having storage containers full in a, in a gigantic house with all of this stuff and, you know, this super complex and complicated will with all this stuff that people are going to take. And then my kids, I would die and my kids would have to come in and sort through all of that stuff. And they would have to start go over, you know, going over feelings of guilt and struggling with their mourning of me passing. And they would have to be balancing that with throwing away the material objects that they don't know if I valued them. They don't know if I cared. And they're afraid of throwing something away because of a fear of guilt. And I put them in that situation. That's something that I fear. I wouldn't want to put somebody in that situation. I would feel bad about that, right? What I do value 
would be passing something on to my kids that makes them happy. Something that brings value into their life. Something that helps them. And that might be something very different for you. I'm sure by the time I'm 70 or 80, that'll be something very different than it would be today. Right. Today it might be, you know, like giving them, you know, land rights or, you know, giving them, you know, a partial ownership stake in, in the gym or, you know, a free membership for life to the gym or something like that, like something that can provide them real value, but not these, you know, material objects where, you know, you sort of start looking through and you're just like, I, I don't know what to do with all of these, you know, coasters that Jeff has collected over the years or whatever my collection, I don't, I don't collect anything because of what we're talking about. But I think that's like, it's a different way to look at the same problem. We're looking at material objects again. So what I want you guys to think about and the last piece I'll say with this is how we take this into other relationships. And so at the beginning of the podcast, I told you some of my fears and I told you how you guys help, um, stop those fears and how I value you and how I value things because of those fears. And this is something that, um, Chris and I have started to do with our basketball players is we've started to pull them aside one-on-one and tell them, these are the things that we value the most about you on this team. These are the things that you bring to this team that nobody else can. These are things that we value as coaches out of you as a person. And what happens immediately is you see the fears that these kids have. You see them start to kind of melt away and they have all these things going on in their heads, right? Are my teammates going to like me? Do the coaches care about me? Do, are the coaches going to play me? Am I going to even get on the court so that the girl that I like in the stands is going to be able to see me play basketball? You know, my parents are coming to watch tonight. I'd love to impress them, to show them that I'm, you know, a person of value that they've created and, and get more of their love. And they have all these fears running through their head all day long. If you guys can remember back to eighth grade, it's a very fearful time. I I was, I was struggling with a lot of fears at that time in my life and just having somebody look them in the eye deeply and say, this is what I value out of you more than anything. Tell you what, it means a lot to the kids. I can see, you can see their expressions change immediately. It fills them with warm fuzzies. And we have that gift. Chris said this to one of our players the other day. You have the gift of making other people happy with every interaction that you have every day. You have the gift to look at somebody and tell them about how their actions or how them just being the things that they do every day, how that brings value into your life and maybe the fears that you have that they help with. And when you express those to people, I think you'll number one, you'll build your relationship on a deeper level, which I think is, is super important. But number two, I think you'll start to find that you start to feel better with your own fears and values. You start to feel more comforted in your fears and you start to feel more resilient in your values. If you start telling others, if you make it more about what other people are doing and more about what you can do for other people, it becomes a little bit more powerful. So this Thanksgiving and over this weekend, I hope that that frames your guys' minds a little bit about the choices you're going to be making right? About the, the love that you're going to be giving out to people and understand that, you know, looking your kid deep in the eye 
in telling them the things that you value the most about them, the things that you love about them and the, the things that they give you in your life that you didn't have before they were there and how you were so afraid of, you know, having a kid who was going to, you know, be disobedient or be a bully or be mean. And now I've got you in my life and you're this just incredibly kind hearted, nice, beautiful individual who, you know, challenges me to be a more kind person. And kids have that in their heart and just telling them like that you value the fact that they are kind. And Gary V tells a great story about how the biggest deal in the world to his mom, like he had, he had won some sports championship the night before and his mom was there at the game and she couldn't have cared less. But later that day when he was going to the grocery, he held the door open for an old woman as she was walking in and he goes for four weeks straight every day. My mom was telling people about how I held it, held the door open for this woman. And she would tell me about how it was the most amazing thing she's ever seen me do and how much she just valued the fact that I was just this kind, caring young man that I had become this person of, of, you know, great substance and value to be able to care about others enough to open the door for them. And that stuck with him all the way through his life and was formative in the person that he became and the decisions that he makes now in his multi-million dollar business are because of that one decision that his mom made to tell his, her son what she valued about his actions. Wasn't about anything, anything he bought her. Your kids will never remember. They're not going to remember what Christmas gift you buy them. They're not going to remember what sneakers you did or didn't buy for their basketball season. They're never going to remember that. They will 100% remember the things that you tell them that you value about them. That will be transformative in their character building. And this is true for you in any of your relationships. People won't care at all about any anything. If you go to a concert and you get them tickets and you do this, they might, the gesture might mean a lot to them, right? But you looking at somebody and telling them what they mean to you and what they, what you value out of them and, you know, telling them about how you're fearful of these things and the, you know, you as a person in my life, make those things better. I'll tell you what, that's going to take you to a whole different level in your relationships. I hope that you guys can do that uh, to the people in your life this weekend. Um, you know, maybe overwhelm everybody at your Thanksgiving dinner table tonight, uh, with some deep feels and, uh, see how many people you can give warm fuzzies to. You don't need to do it in front of everybody. I actually think it has more value if you just do it one-on-one. Um, but that's my thought process for you guys this morning is let's be free thinkers. Let's think about the decisions we're making. Let's think about who the person we want to be is. Let's think about the things we're actually afraid of. And let's make sure that our choices are our choices. Our choices are dictating the values that we want to bring to us and the people in our lives and the people that we want to be in the future. And, and we're not letting anything else come in and affect our choices um, or brainwash us or make us sheeple or slaves to their thought process. 
And I think that that's going to be freeing for you guys. I hope it is. Have a great Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, give the love out to your families. Uh, just, you know, can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys continuing to listen. I hope that you guys all drive safe if you guys are traveling. And I will see you guys back at the gym soon. Thanks. Thanks.